0: Revolting with Steve and Robot on The Cycling Independent, episode 114, The Unbearable Lightness of the Corrosion of Conformity.
1: Content warning, if you're new to the Revolting podcast, maybe maybe a friend sent you here, Uh, then stop and think for a moment what that friend is like, who they are. Are they immature, profane, disorganized, forgetful, prone to self-destructive outbursts? Because that's kind of what we're like. And if you're not down with that grave illness, then this might not be how you want to spend the next hour. Oh, that took everything out of me. Dude, I am, I am bleary. I am so, I feel like my head is full of glue. Um, My eyes. It's a lot
0: to ask you to wake up and read.
1: Uh, so sometimes I can do it, and sometimes like sometimes I'll wake up and um, and I, you know it's like I can get a couple hours sleep and I'm good to go, and sometimes I get like you know a bunch of hours sleep, and I'm not at all like it's just there's no rhyme or reason to it. I am, I am cracked today. It it kind of, kind of comes at the heels of uh a few. Pretty big days, I think. I Well, work always takes it out of me. And then the Murder City Devils played the following night. So that was another night full of hijinks and hilarity. Uh, and then last night <clears throat> was not that big of a night, but I just i am like recovering, you know, because I'm old, I guess.
0: Did Murder City Devils, did they play Bellingham or did you have to go to Seattle?
1: Yeah, they played Bellingham. Oh. I hadn't seen them in twenty. Let's see, twenty years since twenty. What is twenty twenty four now? Jesus, uh, twenty four years. <laughs> I don't think. Um, and it was it was funny because they all looked like total degenerates uh, when I saw them, you know, two decades ago, and now they look like college professors. They were wearing khakis and button up shirts and stuff. Uh, but they they sounded great. They played really good. Everybody had a really good time, but they're a funny band to me. And I wrote a thing yesterday said said uh, that they're like the fruit stripe gamma punk bands <laughs> because I won't listen to them for a while. And then I'll, um, I'll hear them or something and I'll be like, oh yeah, fuck. I've really, really liked those guys. And then I will buy all the records for the third time. Cause I buy them and then <laughs> sell them and then buy them and then sell them. And I buy them and I listen to them a lot. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then just one day it just is the most boring shit I've ever heard in my life. And then I put it away or I sell it or whatever and then revisit it a few years later. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really like these guys. I wonder why I keep getting rid of the records. But now I I know.
0: Now you know. And you probably won't forget this time? Uh, You probably will. I definitely Um, will. Fruit striped gum, uh, you also chew, and you're like, oh, fruit striped gum is the best gum.
1: And the flavor leaves immediately. Oh. That's what I mean. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Not that you forget how good fruit striped gum is, it just, that initial punch uh, fruit stripe gum rest in peace by the way they they are no more <laughs> hmm. um yeah you don't it's i don't forget how much i like fruit stripe gum i just uh it's just it's just loses its panache
0: what so after la i was li- just listening to last week's episode this morning and i really found myself hung up on the thing where you and your sister did. I love Lucy skits (laughs) with starburst on your fingertips. Yeah.
1: Um, this is what happens when you grow up in a small town and not even a small town, but like in the cuts and you don't have any other friends and you don't have like, you get deep in your own imagination, which, you know, I guess is probably, I guess that's good. Like we had to make our own fun. We didn't have a lot of, money and we didn't have a lot of toys and we didn't have a lot of people like kids around so we invented our own shit
0: I wish that I had video of your I love Lucy skits
1: and plus kids are just fucking weird they are but how I don't know which one of us came up with that but it makes sense you know like it's <laughs> safe for the if we No had, <laughs> No it totally does if we had licorice then that could have been ricky you know cuz otherwise we had to make do with lime for, right for people who um who don't know what we're talking about by chance you missed that anecdote when my sister and i were small we'd be doing car trips down to the big city to pick up whatever you you know i don't know go to take a trip to the big city we would chew on a uh, starburst candy and like soften it up and then we would fold it over the tops of our fingers and and uh, the lemon was ethyl the red, probably strawberry was Lucy uh, green was Ricky because that was as close to black I guess and then the last one there would be nothing on uh, the finger because that was Fred because he was bald and then we would do like little I Love Lucy skits together in a car yeah it was, uh, you know, you make, you find your fun where you can.
0: Have you been eating a lot of jelly beans lately? No. Why? I just, uh, that's a, when I heard that story again this morning, I was like, I should check in on his jelly bean consumption.
1: Oh, the sour, the Trader Joe's jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, another favorite candy thing, uh, kind of candy confection is the, uh, well, who who makes gummy bears? It begins with a H. Haribo. Haribo. Um, it's the Haribo. 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 Haribo twin snakes, and they're like purple and orange, and they're stuck together. So you take those and you put them in the freezer, and you don't eat them as quickly because they're frozen. But they have kind of a uh, pacifier quality, and they they're delicious. And I like twin? the texture.
0: Twin snakes? Yeah.
1: Have you ever have you ever been in uh, have you ever been gone to Denmark? No. It's wild. You go into uh, like a convenience store, gas station, or whatever, and they have they have uh, kinds of or like uh, concepts of gummies that we've not even begun to broach here. Like they have gummy boobs. And on the package there's a cow with big boobs in like a like a farmer's sundress kind of thing and you get and you get boobs they're like gummy but they're just like available to everybody Sure um and then I th- I feel like there was butts there was a butts gummy Oh with a big chewy butts with a big with a big I butted mean, cow probably like a sexy cow Yep 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 <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, just say cow. We know what you mean.
1: Uh, yeah, but here, like in America, like we have bears and snakes and worms.
0: I've not seen snakes. Now, wait, what are the twin snakes? Is it just two-headed snake?
1: Mm, no, they're stuck. Like they're stuck by each, like side by side. Oh, they're good. My the purple and the orange one. it's probably grape. I guess and orange. Those are my. Those oh, my I don't favorites.
0: like grape grape candies grape candy grape soda not my thing
1: grape soda not my thing but give me a piece of grape bubbleicious, and uh you're gonna you're gonna watch a grown adult devolve into the womb (laughs) i love it but orange is probably my i like orange anything is my favorite didn't we, we, we we covered this last week too
0: do you recall in the 70s or maybe the very early 80s, there was a an urban legend that um, certain bubblegum had spider eggs in it?
1: No. No, that didn't. I think it was h- Hubba Bubba, maybe? <laughs> that, didn't make it to, that didn't make it to Colorado. Hmm. The only urban legends... Well, the first one that I heard was that Richard Gere had a bunch of semen in his stomach. I was in second grade, but we also didn't know what semen was. And uh yep. my friend David Mall, he had older brothers and a sister. Kirsten Muskoff and David Mall, they were neighbors. And I was friends with both of them, but Kirsten Muskoff's brother did not like me at all. I think he might have beat me up. <sighs> anyway, I remember David um Describing that Rod Stewart had a string of sperms down his throat, and I was thinking they were big, <laughs> like tadpoles. Yeah, and like they were like tip <laughs> to tail down his throat, and that's why he had to go to the hospital. Oh.
0: But I uh, see. I heard that same thing about Rod Stewart, but it was dog semen. And then I heard the exact same <sighs> rumor about Rick Springfield.
1: Wait a second. No, it was it was Ro- did I say Richard Gere? Because he was you with didn't. the gerbil.
0: So, oh yes, the gerbil
1: rumor. It started with Rod Stewart in second grade, <laughs> and then I probably heard Richard Gere later on. I never and, and bite your tongue, don't speak ill of Rick Springfield.
0: Uh, you know that you know that I also um burn a candle for Rick Springfield. I'm not saying any I'm just saying what I I'm just repeating to you what I heard. <laughs> Stop it. But even in whatever grade that was, I definitely clutched my pearls and said, no.
1: <laughs> keep his keep his name out of your whore mouth. <laughs> Love Rick Springfield. Did you know he has one of, like one of the world's largest Star Wars figure collections?
0: I only know it because you tell me that every fourth episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> You are my first, second, fourth and ninth source on that story.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I love Rick Springfield. He was in uh He was in the second second season. I just saw the second season of True Detective. True not True Detective? Is that the one that had uh Woody Harrelson and 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 yep. Matthew McConaughey? Yep. Yeah, so the second season was uh uh that one guy Colin Farrell and I don't know who the who his who his counter was, who his partner. Is that Brie Olson? I don't know. I, don't I haven't know. seen it. Anyway, I'm to watch these shows. There is good. It's real good. I just started on the third season, but then I got distracted because, like, I don't know. I left my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Rick Springfield was in that. Rick Springfield was also in the third season. I think it was the third season of Californication, and that was his. He was fucking awesome in that. Dude. Yeah. Rick Springfield's the best.
0: The, all of these stories remind me that just this morning, I googled adult ADHD online test. <laughs> and then I found one, and I started to take it but I felt like I was doing it wrong and it's because I did not read the directions. (laughs) And and then I got to the end and I, I, I don't think I learned anything. Basically anything I said, they were like, yep, you got it. Yep. It's you. I feel like, But but then I thought actually, because I completely skipped the three paragraphs of introduction and just went straight to the test. I was like, Hmm. Is that the test though?
1: The conversation that we have is, is like the personification of ADHD. Like if you wanted to, if some somewhere in the in that like in history, somebody's gonna be like, oh, do you want to hear what ADHD sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> Press play.
0: Well, I was listening to last week's episode, and we were in the midst of talking about the topic, and then all of a sudden you've got starburst on the end of your fingers talking about <laughs> I love Lucy and then we're into like watermelon candy I don't even know I was like who are these fucking lunatics
1: yeah I yeah. saw I, I got tested a lot when I was a kid and I was I ended up they found out I mean somebody knew but this concu- conclusively proved that I had uh, some learning disabilities but they AD, the ADHD test, at least at that in that year or the, that day, those age that age, that era, was um, it concluded that I didn't have it. But then a few years ago, my ex asked me if I had it or if I'd ever been tested, and I was like, "No, probably. I can do a lot of things." Uh, for extended periods of time or focus on things like that's ADHD. what are you talking about? But then a short time later I came across, a, I think we've talked about this at iceberg graphic and it says what people think ADHD is and what it actually is. Yeah. 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 There's like five things above the water and like 25 things beneath the water. <clears throat> and there were two things that I didn't even know what they were. Like I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I got all that for sure you know forget to pee forget to eat lose track of time don't care what don't care about time don't know what day it is um but then there was this one called like executive dysfunction or something i was like what's that looked it up oh yeah totally got that <laughs> or whatever the fucking, <laughs> whatever the fucking thing was um memory lapses i can't remember it was just like it was all, it was all, it, they could have just said what people think ADHD is. And they have like a little, a picture of a little kid, like with the Ritalin or something. And then they say what it actually is. And it's just a picture of me.
0: <laughs> I feel like in the seventies, the ADHD test would have been for like your parents. And it would have been like, how many times a week do you smack or think about <laughs> smacking your kid? If the number is greater than one, your kid has ADHD. <laughs>
1: Oh man, my mom used to hit, well, no, I mean, my mom hit me just as much as any other mom's hit kit. Like everybody got hit in the seventies. It was just like a,
0: Oh yeah. 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 It was
1: like bare knuckle boxing freak out. Yeah. I just,
0: I just hoped it didn't happen in the grocery store. That was my, like, (laughs) that was kind of my hope.
1: I got swatted publicly. Not a, like, not oh, in yeah. the face, but like, and it's just an attention getter, you know, it's embarrassing. It doesn't hurt necessarily, but my mom did spank me one time and broke a bunch of blood vessels in her hand. Um, so she didn't hit me with her hand anymore. And then she got a spoon and then I got hit with a spoon. Mm. Oh, this is just, this is the golden feel- age of child rearing, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 It was good times.
1: No belts, no closed fists, no bats, you know, nothing like that. And I don't think I do remember getting spanked one time and being stoked that it I didn't cry. And I don't <laughs> think it hurt. And then like you I, won I, spanking finally? <laughs> I did, and I and I was so psyched that I mentioned it, which just made it worse. Like, oh yeah, don't don't do that. No, then my mom got really mad at me. <clears throat> yeah but then I got bigger than her, and she' stopped hitting me forever' Cause she knew i'd light she knew I'd light her up <laughs> try, try me lady <laughs> Sit your
0: five dollar ass down before I make change, mom <laughs>
1: uh what are we doing today?
0: um well, we should do shout outs sure um I'm gonna shout out uh the sun I'm gonna just shout. The fucking sun out because it came out here. Finally, we had two days. I looked at up. Well, I didn't look it up. The paper, uh, the paper, whatever. The news local source. news source told me that there were only two days where the sun appeared in Boston in January. Oh, dang. And I was like, no wonder I'm thinking about ending it all. <laughs> uh, and then the sun came out and I felt way better. So I'm, I'm shouting out the sun. I hope there's sun, wherever everyone who's listening to these words is R is are, whatever the appropriate verb is is are yeah
1: both yeah yeah
0: whatever the vitamin D whatever is happening I really appreciate it um I also wanna I w- spent the weekend at a casino in Connecticut where there was I took my kid to a volleyball tournament okay and I just want to shout out whoever made my burger at the casino this last weekend because it was a really good burger <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect it to be good. And it was really good, and I just... It it was what I needed at that point.
1: Uh, Solace is found in lots of places. The face of God can be found anywhere, even a burger. Yeah.
0: Yesterday, I went to the town hall in my town uh, because my mother sent her check for quarterly real estate taxes to herself. So... I get her mail now. So I brought the mail up and I was like, why do you have a check addressed to the town of Arlington, but at your address? And she didn't know. So I took it to the town treasurer and there was a little there was a little sign next to the treasurer's window. And it said, if you can't be kind, at least try to be vague. <laughs> <laughs> and I I thought to myself, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll do you one better. I'll do both. Do it. I'll do both. <laughs> I'm gonna be kind and vague.
0: Kind and vague, yeah.
1: Every um, time you tell a story about something with your mom, I I shudder. I'm so generally irresponsible. Like I'm not I'm not doing well uh in terms of adulting.
0: Mm.
1: These days. I'm managing, but I'm just like my head is just above water. And um I think like my mom handles all of my parents financials and she does stuff online and my dad is really resistant to learning how to do any of this stuff and if something happens to her it's definitely going to fall on me and i am not i'm just almost managing my own shit let alone mm. like having to manage anybody else's. It's gonna. I, I can see like in a, a time in the very near future, if something happens to my mom. My dad and I will both be homeless within the week.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, my mom is this embodies this strange paradox where she wants new technological gadgets. Like my mom has a bitchin' iPad. Uh, yeah, like a really bitchin' iPad. Uh, like the latest one, most memory, etc. No idea how to use it. She has like a killer uh, Mac laptop. No idea, and so she's continually talking about like how she's gonna get learn how to use these things. But I kid you not that she cannot. After f- maybe fifteen years of attempting, she cannot attach a file to an email. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The pay the paperclip icon is not that's not the thing that she automatically goes to.
0: She gets that she needs to paperclip. She gets that. What she doesn't understand is how the files on her computer are stored at all. Like if the paperclip doesn't take her immediately to the folder in which the attachment is, there's no chance in like a million years of clicking that she's going to find the, the file she wants because she doesn't understand that the, the folders have files in them.
1: Well, there's, there might be hope for, for us in the future.
0: (laughs) I can tell you that when the treasurer, the lady treasurer at town hall, when I told her my mom, uh, sent, her check their check to herself she like blinked once and that was it like i think our town is full of people who can't do life
1: yeah yeah Mm. it's so it's uh it's it's right on the horizon for me it is you know like i still get checked i get bills mailed to me because i i if I don't have the thing right in front of me and auto pay is not good because I never know if I have enough money in my account. So like, uh, if I just am auto paying everything, then, um, I for sure I'm going to get overdrawn. And and at least if I send a check in, like, Oh God, I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. Oh, great. Now I'm fucking sad. Thanks a lot.
0: You're welcome. Um, maybe, I got these glasses this week um, that you did not, you have not commented on, which I find heartening because I bought them because I think they're really stupid and every, I got, they came, hmm, did they come yesterday? Or the day before? I forget. But every time I'm, if I have them on and Brittany looks at me, my wife, she just is disappointed.
1: It's just oh, those are the camouflaged aviators, which I was imagining to be cop sunglasses with a, a camouflaged wrap on the front, like yeah. across the lens. Yeah, yeah I was that imagining. might be cool. No, it wouldn't be. I was imagining something so much worse than those, but I can oh. see, I can see you, but you're only like postage stamp size and you always have glasses on, so I don't, you know, oh, you're wearing glasses. Yeah, okay, those yeah, are, they kind of look a little bit like MC Hammer glasses,
0: yeah. I think they're pretty
1: dumb, but I'm committed to them. Uh, maybe it, maybe i need to get glasses. Maybe that would make things better for maybe me. Maybe
0: I would be larger than a postage stamp.
1: <clears throat> I should make All you right. bigger so I can see what I'm doing. Uh, so shout out. We got the sun covered. Thank you, sun. Um, which actually reminded me of my music pick, which was convenient. Um, do I have any shout outs? Mm. No. Well, I did walk home from the show, or walk back to bicycles from the show the other night with uh, Greg Heath from Donkalope and Joe and Claire with an E. And I got them all to do rock and roll woos with me, you know, like high pitched, like real powerful from your diaphragm, like whoo, like that. We are walking yeah. down the street and we were each doing them, yeah. and it is, pre- and it, I don't know, it was like midnight. We're <laughs> all pretty keyed up, and making was prob- friends. It was probably one of my, my one of my fondest memories of the last like four years. Like it was, oh. it was so much fun, and they were they were all committed to doing woos with me. I'm not yeah. good at it. My d- voc- my uh, vocal cords, I don't think are long enough. Like every now and again, I'll get a fucking money one, but like Robert Ives from Blue Collar, that guy can fucking sock dingers every time. Uh, stacy cooper um uh, dirt hooker she can do them every time i cannot and it is it is a deficiency that exists in my life that is 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 expansive and heartbreaking
0: um you have such a deep nice sexy voice Mm. Uh, that you, I, I, I feel like you're being greedy. I feel like, um, I I feel like you can't have it all, man.
1: I wish I could get a good rock and roll woo. So it like, it sounds like somebody, if, if, uh, like Wolfman Jack tried to sing falsetto, it's just cracked and not good. I got a good one the other night though, but, uh, Claire with an E was totally down to play. Uh, Joe, he didn't remember it. Uh, Tina, his drunken alter ego had taken the taken over the wheel at that point, so he doesn't even remember. it And Greg was, Finger Guns. He has two drunken alter egos. There's an angry Tony, and angry uh-huh. Tony's kind of a drag. Finger Guns is the fucking best though. And Finger Guns was uh-huh. out. Um, yeah, fun shit. Uh, you know, don't, you know, don't say that I I can't dream or I don't I don't dream big enough because all I want to do is w- walk around at night drunk with my friends wooing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's my shout out. Uh, we going to do a music pick or are we going to do? Oh, yeah, let's do a music pick.
0: Well, yeah, I'm going to do a music pick, but this is not my music pick. But you doing woos, a drunken woos, reminded me that <laughs> yesterday, <coughs> yesterday, I listened to the album. It's not correct to say I listened to the record because I only listened to like two and a half songs before I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the record. Well, the, the band is Wasp.
1: Uh-huh. Blackie Lawless.
0: The, yeah. Blackie Lawless is band Wasp. And the, the, their big hit was animal in, and then parentheses, fuck like a beast. Do you know this? Do you know yeah. that track? Yeah. I was like, When I was, whatever age I was, when that came out, I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And then I sort of like let it drift away. And I was like, I wonder if that record is secretly awesome. Uh, Answer, no,
1: no, (laughs) not so much.
0: I did enjoy Fuck Like a Beast. Uh, I also looked up the lyrics, which are pretty great. Uh, So if you. Are at work and your but your monitor faces the wall behind you. Just Google that and look at the lyrics for Animal Fuck Like a Beast. My music pick this week is a remnant of how sad and depressed I was last week because it is the Chelsea Wolf record Hiss Spun. Now this is a dark. Kind of gothy, metally, beautiful, heavy, swirling. It's actually I don't think it's a record. It's more like a mood. It's just a mood. uh, And I love it a lot. Now, I do not like Chelsea Wolfe's other records very much, uh, although she did make a record with Jess. uh, I forget her last name. They made a record together under the band name Mrs. Piss. Hmm. That's a good record. Uh, but this record, his spun came out in 2017. It's killer. Um, but don't expect it to cheer you up.
1: Is uh <clears throat> would his spun or Mrs. Piss be considered alliterations?
0: Alliterations. Hiss spun, uh yeah, I think so.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, this record to me sounds an awful lot like if 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 Susie Sue sang for like a heavier wind hand. Yes, like the song structures are real similar and the sort of the melodies are real similar. But her voice is I don't know. Her voice reminds me of Susie. So
0: it's a beautiful voice. There's great dynamics. Um, There's a lot of like quiet, loud stuff that I really like.
1: We do like the quiet, loud. We do um,
0: yeah, right. and I think she's probably a witch, and I'm into that,
1: oh I, you know what, I think uh all women are witchy, they some are more tapped into it than others, but I think I think they all got uh at least a finger in the pie, and collectively, if they could all sync up their powers, uh, mm. uh men would be uh most men would be wiped off the planet, and we could fucking get on with it. <laughs> uh, all right, that's a good pick, man. Uh, mine, I had one, but then uh, something just derailed me, and and I started thinking about another one that I liked, that I've been listening to a lot, that I fucking love. Uh, it's uh, 2008's After the Ball Drops uh, by New York's Les Savées Favre. And, um, oh. man, I've never seen them. I had a show in New York and the installation was pretty intensive. Like the hanging the pieces wasn't, but I did this whole site specific piece inside of the room where this, where these, um, it was Okay, it was the uh, uh, the initial diorama project which I am continuing currently in larger format uh, but these were the uh, these were the 50 52 and dioramas I did initially initially and I painted <clears throat> painted a rolling hill and then I painted the sky and then I painted the silhouette of all of the houses in the background and all the trees and the and the fucking fences and all of the shit and then with three different colors of paint I painted in perspective a hundred thousand blades of grass All oh, and it fucking took forever like eight hour days kind of shit but the Dirt Bombs played the night I got to town. I did not go to the show because I was painting. And Les Alive played the following night, and I did not go because I was painting. And fuck, oh. fuck me, I never got a chance to see them. But this was a, li- a live record that they did uh, on New Year's Eve, I guess 2007, 2008. And, um, man, they fucking rule. Like, that band just rules. I, I can't describe the singer is hilarious but he's got this amazing range and he's big fat guy that like, sings in a trash can or wears like big flowing robes or whatever
0: i don't even know this band i should <clears throat> i mean i've heard of them but i've never listened to them
1: it's this is a good i feel like this is a good there's a the first one i ever heard was uh the cat and the cobra that came out in 1999 and i was immediately hmm taken uh so if anyone's curious it's l-e-s-s-a-v-y-f-a-v and uh yeah after the ball drops is a fine introduction to what you might imagine the rest of their catalog or most of their catalog is like so we got chelsea wolf chelsea wolf uh, lesave fav uh Listen to it and love it, or don't, and don't. And we will uh, get a word from someone and be right back in a second.
0: Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line we're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before.
1: And we're back. So, you know, a thing I was thinking about recently. What's that? <laughs> life Do you tell life uh, has this odd tension between wanting to fit in, go along, get along, be a good teammate or coworker or whatever. Then at the same time, fully inhabiting your own identity, whatever that is. Uh, in order to stand out and remind yourself that you're your own person, whatever that means. Today we're talking about how we walk this tightrope and uh, what to do when you fall off of it. Oh, this is, as I read through these notes, which I did this week, um, I was was reminded that there are people that just ignore their impulses. You know, like I don't I would really like to be the guy that just like wears a bathrobe all the time or I would really or you're like embracing your own sexual identity like that in, you know, in all seriousness. But because of the environment in which you live, you have to stay hidden and the environment, the ever increasing environment that is these United States, you can't be who you truly want to be. Uh, and, and what? And how fucking sad, you know? Like, not saying like everybody should be, you know, like every, but like um, on the other side it was like, I want to be, uh, I want to be a Nazi. I think I want to be, I want to embrace my fascist inner <laughs> pinnings, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And society just won't let me be, be a, like a like a neo-Nazi mouth breather, and that's really what I would like, but. But I'm thinking it more in terms of just like, you want to be, you want to be, uh, you want to be a, a painter? You want to go dressed as a cat everywhere? You should go dressed as a cat everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think I've been thinking about this because there's, there's, there is a real. I mean, you get rewarded for going along and getting along, right? There's a lot of rewards for fitting in. There's a lot of, and honestly, you know, even within me, I think a lot of the time, like, Oh, let's just all get on the same page and do this thing the way it's, it's supposed to be done and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, I look around at people and I'm like, Oh my God, you are so stultifyingly boring. (laughs) You know, like, I guess some people are just boring Mm -hmm. to, to me. I mean, obviously, uh, someone finds them fascinating.
1: No other boring people, boring people are attracted to boring people, I think, but also like everybody wants to, you know, I felt like such a fucking loser in high school, uh, and, uh. I mean, kind of, I didn't really give a shit. I didn't, I didn't really fit in with anybody. I was, cause so as a, as a reasonably small town where three elementary schools came together to make one middle school and then, or two middle schools and then two middle schools came together to make one high school. So it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge town and there weren't a lot of kids, but. Um, like I knew kids from the time we were in second grade or first grade or kindergarten all the way to the time we were seniors. And, um, yeah. so you're just kind of like, there weren't really cliques per se. Um, so you go to a party and you, you're hanging out with jocks and then you're also hanging out with the weirdos or you hang out with the stoners or whatever. And sometimes mostly people got along, but sometimes it didn't. And I was the guy who was just kind of like, I was like the, the art kid, you know? Um and nobody like I didn't really feel like I fit in with anybody. I was kind of moved amongst the groups, okay, but I just didn't I'd never really found my you know, my pe my pe- my group of people. And um uh Gene Oberpriller and I were in Colorado three years ago, so it was my thirtieth high school reunion. And people who wouldn't I didn't even know knew I existed where it would like come up to me, and of course everybody's drunk, and they're like, "Oh man, I always just thought you were just such such a fucking cool guy." Like what? No, you didn't. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> did not. Um, but uh, it gave me a tiny glimpse into like you know be just just everybody's trying to to fit in, and and part of that is like who you're going to surround yourself with. Like you're going to sell your reputation by being friends with the weirdo because that's, you know, all, when you're in high school or when you're a kid, like your ego, your reputation, it's kind of like all you got and what, or what you're building and all you got um, so I, I suppose big picture it was a formative experience or an experience at a formative time in my life to just kind of push me to not really care so much and I think that still stands
0: i think I think I'm still i uh, uh, look uh, on paper I'm not a weird guy i'm a cisgendered heterosexual white dude uh grew up very middle class like i got no challenges um but there was i grew up in a pretty narrow culture, <laughs> very narrow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. uh where even someone like me qualified as weirdo I think uh and then I came to Boston and I was like oh you can be whoever the fuck you want to be here in Boston um but I think even even then like you you sort of like graduate into adulthood and you have to make a living or find your way or whatever there's this constant like sort of conforming pressure uh and I think I'm actually still finding my way out of it finding ways to do the things that be the person i want to be and give even fewer fucks if if you could i mean i i think i'm in a pretty good shape but i think there's a lot of
1: room still uh, it's uh it's kind of funny <clears throat> with you know having started talking about this i think the bicycle industry has always uh, maybe, maybe it's more mainstream now than it was before. You know, twenty or thirty years ago. But it's always seems I always joke about the bike industry being the corner to which all the marbles roll, which is a double-edged sword because you've got people running companies who are total fucking knuckleheads who don't have. <laughs> any I don't know business not really any business acumen like everybody's just trying to figure out how to run this industry all the time yeah. yeah um which is why it's probably plateaued and nobody's really making any more or any less money well they're making less money now I guess after covid um yeah. but it's skateboard industry is the same way you know you got people who are you got some people who are killing it but it's also kind of because the market uh, allows it you know, if 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 there was no interest in bikes, there was no interest in skateboards. Uh, you'd have a bunch of people just like, well I, well, I don't know what the fuck I don't know what I'm doing, because yeah. n- nobody went to business school. Nobody, we're we're not titans of industry. We're just kooks who who I- who market, market and sell toys that the uh, that the others want. You know
0: yeah i think that that's true at the same time i went to interbike i don't know how many years ago now and i was meeting up with someone i hadn't i had only had like an email relationship email and phone relationship with them and they were like oh where do you want to meet i was like well let's meet in the main lobby i'll be the white guy with a black t-shirt on (laughs) and then and then after a couple years that look just got upgraded with a flat brim cap so what what i like i think i ended up in the bike industry because i started off in restaurants and then that was just i couldn't maintain that lifestyle but i ended up i was trying to make money i went and did software stuff for a while and so i could not fucking hang there and then i went to publishing and i was like oh my god I just can't. And then, so I ended up in the bike industry and I was like, ah, finally, I'm here with the other weirdos. Uh, But it has its own, it definitely still has its own conformity. Like, this is what, this is what a downhill rider looks like. And this is what a roadie looks like. And this is what, you know, it still has that conforming pressure that
1: is annoying. It's hard to stand out in a, in a room full of people who stand out, you know, like how yeah,
0: I don't even think I need to stand out. I just think like we're all free to be different here. How come so many of us just look the fucking same? Uh,
1: well, yeah. I, and I was thinking there was a time, like the first interbike I went to since it was the last year it was in Anaheim. So it was like 96 maybe. 96 or 97 and uh the look the I mean besides the fact that it was just like predominantly white um the B, the BMX segment was always the fucking weirdest you know like and, and it was like that you just knew like the BMX zone was where the where the real fucking degenerates hung out which was that was kind of what I was attracted to mm-hmm. but the average person that you'd see walking around was a white dude probably 30 to 45 cargo shorts uh teva shoes like strappy shoes goatee and a tiny timbuktu bag that they just got made like at the show and 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 those were and you i mean it was like a cloning machine was was in the corner and they were just spitting these guys out and then they would immediately go and stand in line at the marzocchi booth to get posters signed um, by the Marzoki girls, it was just—I mean, it was so absurd. But, and I think you know, whatever. I spent a, a long time in the Bay Area, and I—I I met uh uh Mark from Paragon and Gary Helfrich and Bruce Gordon and like those guys with the with the Golden Toity Awards and stuff. And I knew yeah, yeah. I knew about that beforehand, but they were fucking oddballs. You know, yeah. it's like the it was like the screw-ups were attracted to the screw-ups in that situation. I was so lucky to be immediately embraced by this segment of fucking nine balls. And yep. and then it was like and I was already, you know, I was already a nine ball coming in from out of from nine ball land just outside of the bicycle world. And I that doesn't that doesn't answer your question why um why everybody looks the same. I don't, I don't know because people want to, they want to align with, you know, the, their, their identity is so, uh, tied up in the, this, in this discipline, whatever their discipline is.
0: Well, I, I think it's a, there's an element of like, um, if you look the part, you'll get the job, uh, where everyone wants to look a certain way because that's what the people who are on the inside look like. Um,
1: and maybe it's improving well it, maybe i, I mean i mean fuck the 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 i was f- reflecting on this yesterday because there's this company called limpy's clothing oh, they yeah. made big baggy pants for like it was a skateboard surf company and i think Natas Kappas was one of the principals or something but you know being a little like a kid and small Colorado town and I see pictures of Nottis. I see people, you know, wear or Jimmy's, like people wearing Jimmy's pants uh, and Jimmy's mm-hmm. hats. Like what a dumb fucking hat those things were. But because I saw my heroes wearing them, I wanted to wear them. You know, I wanted one. And it's yeah. it. so like, I'm not saying that I'm immune to it. I'd totally have fallen into the thing too. I, it's a monkey see, monkey do. I don't know. I see my heroes wearing stupid hats and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't necessarily wear a stupid hat on my own, but these fucking guys are doing it. And it it's this, it's the whole, it's the whole, uh, like, uh, oh shit. I was going to, I was about to make a point. Oof, that eluded me. Uh, oh, the, 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 how I described Gary Scott Davis. Like that guy was so, he is so fucking weird to, to this day. But, um, you know, he was like one of the dudes that I really looked up to because he was, a he just did not give a shit and mm. he was an artist and he was a writer and he was a photographer and he was as fucking odd as they come. And, um, and I, thankfully I had the opportunity to tell him <clears throat> a few years ago that, uh, he was just doing his thing. You know, he was just being his his own little turd in the punch bowl. But I was keenly aware of what he was doing and that it made it okay for me not to emulate him or not to copy him or whatever. But Gary's doing his own thing and he's being the fucking freak and he's accepted Made me, uh, made me feel much safer about being my own freak and not giving a fuck what anybody else around me thought because I was, I was linked to him in that, in that way, yeah. in my mind. Um, yeah. and you know, I don't know, art, just art stuff probably really helped me, helped propel me in a certain direction because artists are supposed to be fucking kooks. And right, right. So
0: that it is a license.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Um, well, let's let's flip this around for question one. So as a nine ball, how hard do you have to work to fit in when you go out in the world? And how much anxiety do you feel about meeting people's expectations for how you should look or sound or behave?
1: Uh, n- Not I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, d- I don't because because I know. In, internally and intrinsically, like I know I'm a good person, mo- mm. mostly, um, and I know what what's in my heart, and I know what I'm capable of, and I know what I've been capable of, and I know the life I've lived, and and someone else's someone else's judgment of me matters as much as my judgment of someone else. It doesn't. It doesn't. So right. it does. It's never. It's never phased me. And if I, if I feel good and I put on some ridiculous shit, but I feel good, I feel comfortable and confident. And not just, I'm saying if, if, if one puts some wears something does something, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel confident, secure. Um, nothing that anybody else can do is gonna, is gonna affect that adversely. I don't think mm-hmm. G- granted you want to be a big flamboyant, uh, queen and and you go, you know, the nuns of the, whatever the, you know, the big cross-dressing nuns with tons of makeup. And I can't remember what they're called beards and white face paint. Oh man. They're fucking amazing. But if, you know, they wanted to go out in small town, Texas, uh, by themselves, that probably wouldn't be great. Um, They'd be being true to themselves, but they're also potentially in a community that absolutely doesn't understand them. And I think one of the primary, there's love and fear. These are like two primary motivators in a human animal. And fear results in violence, oftentimes ignorance. I don't understand what this is. And so, therefore, I must not strive to understand it, but I, I have to destroy it. Um, so I I understand like, it's real. like you said, I'm cisgendered white dude, you know, the, the, the most extreme thing that I'm going to do is, is not the most extreme thing that can be done or that I am inclined to do. Isn't the most extreme thing. So having said that, you know, I'm not, I'm not covering all bases, like do what you want to do, wear what you want to wear, go where you want to go. Because I realize that's that's not realistic or practical for a lot of people. So that's no, just a ca- caveat. I'm just talking about my own shit. Mm,
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But if I feel good and look good and feel or feel like I look good and I'm confident, like I do wanna, just whatever. Nobody's nobody's opinions of me matter. I don't know. Yeah. And what about what about you? Um.
0: It's a good question. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I live in this little middle class neighborhood. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Again, I think that there is constant for all for pretty much everyone. I think there's conforming pressure. Um. And. Sometimes I just think it's a lot easier to fit in. Than to not. Uh, I think that's what the pressure is, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, like I, I have a I have a sweatshirt that you made that says, worship Satan, respect women. I, I love it so much. I wear it to the grocery store and little old Catholic ladies give me the hairy eyeball, like worship Satan. I've had people say to me, well, do you really worship Satan? And I'm like, I usually respond like. Oh.
1: There's no such thing. <laughs> Because <laughs> their stupidity
0: makes me so tired, but at the same time, that then creates this like, ah, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just put on the other sweatshirt. I don't, but it's like,
1: <sighs> well, you know, you're gonna you you wear something like that, and you know it's gonna get a response, you know, because you're kind of being intentionally provocative. Do I do I yeah. always have the energy to fucking discuss? Uh, theology or, you know, like, no, there is no, actually, you know, you can't, you got to believe in God to believe in the devil. And I don't believe in either. So, uh, you know, do I, do I think that humanity, uh, looked for a fucking scapegoat and be like, oh, well that, that, that person did evil things. Therefore the devil must be in their heart. Like there's gotta be a fucking antagonist to every protagonist. And I just think it's a bunch of garbage. I do wholly believe in respecting women.
0: Yeah. I I was going to say, like, can can I just respond like, well, could we agree on respect women? Could we could we get to 50,
1: 50 percent? I love it when people like give me grief about it. I'm like, well, what's the problem with respecting women? And then they're like, no, that's not what I mean. You know, but then they're not willing to talk to me about, you know, the tenets of of the temple of Satan. It's basically like, nope, there's no (gasps) devil. It's all fucking cosplay, Uh, but then you know they don't want to actually have a conversation about that. They just get all butt hurt and storm away. Um, That oh man, that was good. That fucking inspired another thing. Shit, well, keep going.
0: So our question two today is for humans, maintaining some level of individuality seems crucial to basic mental health. Why do you think that is, or what do you think that is? Why can't we just reconcile ourselves to being like everyone else? And how much do you hate everyone else?
1: <laughs> I just think we're inclined not to rock boats, you know, and if mm. you if you
0: uh oh it does fuck. cost energy
1: i do remember what i was gonna say we so i've told you about the mustache party we used to have yeah and a bunch of us would grow mustaches so this one year the last year i think we did it maybe um we no not the last year the second to the last year we did it we did it at a, there's a bar in san francisco called the Parkside. so we all just decided to meet up there and have our our contest and um (laughs) my friend b dressed up like a like a band like a like a marching band guy he had a marching band costume and like a stupid mustache and then toby uh guy we used to messenger with he dressed up like a 70s era english punker uh but he spoke in an english accent the entire time and Mm -hmm. um and then uh I don't know. There was like everybody. Oh, so yeah, everybody went kind of in different directions to really round out their their mustache. Uh, and mm-hmm. I went to a thrift store and I wore I got two like a pair of really super small uh, purple shorts and a Taz half shirt and I had a fanny pack and that was basically <laughs> my costume. Yeah. And there happened to be a punk show that was happening at the at the venue that night. And the dudes all the dudes in the bands were great and they totally got it and they were really friendly But the crowd that came to see the bands gave me such shit and I'm like man Fuck you and your punk rock country club. You guys just you look exactly the same and I come in here like being me and you're giving me grief Right. Like, fuck! Fuck you! You're 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 a contradiction to everything you profess to believe in about being, you know, outliers or rebels in society. You guys all look exactly the same, and now you're giving me shit for not looking just like you. Fucking hypocrites! That was when I turned in my punk rock card.
0: Oh, right at the office, you were like, slam it on the counter.
1: Here, take, take this. Take it back. Um. I don't I I don't know. Maybe it's a there's a measure of safety in in towing the line, you know. If you if you don't stand yeah. out then then oh, yeah. there won't be confrontation. If there's not confrontation, there's peace. I don't know.
0: Right. It seems like there that that's true for people that they really try to fit in until the effort it takes to fit in is greater uh than The joy of letting them, their true selves
1: out. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I'm sure I said that wrong. I think, well, I understand what you're saying. There's a, there's a deep psychology at work here. Uh, and, but it also takes a lot of energy to stand out both, both ways. It takes a lot of energy to fit in if that doesn't feel right to you. And it takes a lot of energy to stand out if it does, right? Or be one's own weird self if it does. Um, I don't know. You know, like I said, I was lucky to be embraced by a bunch of goofs. As soon as I stuck my foot in the door at the bike industry, um, I was lucky to have knowledge of people who marched to the beat of their own drummer when I was kind of finding myself and so it's been reasonably uh easy for me and and that you know like yeah. the, the, the few friends that i had uh pentabike dave i met him straight away in high school and he embraced m- me and i had like a cool little art gang you know in high school and my photography teacher fucking uh alan rabel that guy was is was and is so weird and turned me on to so many amazing artists And it just showed me that there's a big world out there who is willing to embrace me for whoever I am and become. So I was really lucky.
0: I like when you brought up your art gang before, and I always get these images of like roving street toughs and like someone yells something terrible at them. And they're like, instead of yelling back, they start to like, Scribble, (laughs) they start to like draw like Uh, really cutting
1: comebacks. I think I can. It was Dave Strunk, Nick Moise, Tom Barnes. I was kind of junior varsity making art brothers. Dave, sort of, oh, and uh, Billy Riddle. Um, Dave kind of like took me under his wing, you know. But I was like, was I, as far as he was concerned, I was like a full. Fully patched member, but I think as far as the others were concerned, I was not so much.
0: They were like, ah, steve he draws penises on stuff pretty good, <laughs> but it could be better.
1: <laughs> it was fun, man. We did all these like illicit, uh, super irreverent uh, posters, and it drove our art teacher crazy because we would spend... Someday, you know, we would spend days on these things. And I remember Billy did this drawing, this colored pencil drawing of this old couple um, leaning against the fence. We would go through old uh, issues of National Geographic and find these fucked up pictures and then uh, replicate them. Or, you know, it was used as sort of a template to, you know, whatever came from our imagination. We would spend all this energy and all of this effort on these posters, on this these pieces of uh, butcher paper. And then we'd put them up in the hallways and they would immediately get torn down and thrown away. And it drove our our teacher fucking crazy. Like you guys are turning yourselves inside out for these things that are seen for 15 minutes and then tossed. And then once Tom and Dave uh, dropped out, Tom and um, Nick and Billy all graduated. And then I was the only person doing it. So it was like obvious who to fucking... <laughs> Yell at him. so they finally <laughs> like the te- the principal called me into the into his office and he had pulled one down and he said you can't do this anymore but would you sign this one <laughs> It's fucking weird. Really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So he appreciated it, but just not enough to let me keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, and what's wild is we weren't doing graffiti. We weren't doing property damage. We were, it was, it's the most harmless form of graffiti, self expression. We were beautifying and that, but that wasn't, we, that we yeah, weren't, don't do that. We weren't telling the line. We weren't putting up homecoming posters. We were putting up, I remember, <laughs> uh, t- uh, Tom did one. I still have it, uh, somewhere. I have two, I have one that Dave did, and then I have one that Tom did, but it's a, it's just a marker drawing of a guy shooting himself in the mouth, (laughs) it's titled, uh, Early Retirement, and then, and then, uh, uh, Nick, man, Nick was really, really talented, his work was so cool, um, but then Dave did one of a guy holding a, a spear, and it was, was it a spear, or was it a penis? Cause they looked real similar and that was called attack, man. attack from the back. Like all of the <laughs> titles were, the titles were super funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I got to be around people that let me be a fucking weirdo and that Yeah, I, I, I'm i uh, grateful. Everyone should be so lucky. Everyone should be so lucky. Uh, So we, Uh, I don't, I don't hate everyone.
0: I know. I know. I just threw that in because sometimes I do.
1: You know, but I don't really. I love I love you all. You know the I, I love uh I hate people, but I love persons. you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that that would be how I would respond mm. to that.
0: Well, let's get down to some more hard-hitting journalism here. Uh question three, would you rather have the sensation as soon as you've reached sexual climax? Now every time, not just one time, but every time you reach sexual climax. You have the sensation of having someone fart directly in your face. Like you feel a warm gust and smell a bad smell. Or, every time you move your bowels, Mickey Mouse yells, (laughs) No matter where you are at the time. So it's pretty loud.
1: I would would definitely do the Mickey Mouse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel... (laughs) For sure. I feel like I've just...
1: <laughs> That's a no-brainer.
0: <laughs> so we got we got one of those little bolt-on bidets at our house. You bet.
1: This is best.
0: And uh, the first, I don't know, the first few days that we had it, every time I used it, I would yell, Yahoo!
1: <laughs> I told... Uh,
0: and Brittany was like, I get it. That's funny.
1: When we first got one, I called it the... I said the, ex- the sensation you get is hypothermia. Uh they're the best. Shout out to all the Bolton bidet companies. Everybody should have yeah. non Americans or filthy heathens. Uh yeah, um, I, I would do the I would love I would love a Yaha Hui in my life. More Yaha Hui's. I would be kind of a drag, like maybe uh maybe you maybe I meet a... A person and I have the first, you know, experience at their house and, and uh, I wake up in the morning and I go in to relieve myself while we're all like bathing in the afterglow. And then, and then, and then all they hear is yaha hooey from the bathroom. That might be a deal breaker, mm. but I'm still going to Or go. you're at,
0: you're at a wedding and you're like, Hmm, I don't feel quite right. You just step off the dance floor.
1: It's fine. I would take it. I think it's great. I think that's great. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm real sensitive to smells. And if I'm, if I'm fucking busting a nut, sorry, mom, if you're listening, I want to go, I'm going to go with the latter. Um, both. Is that you too?
0: Um, yeah, I probably go with Mickey. This one, so as you, as I read it and I and you you answered right away. I was like, look, you've done it again. You've written two scenarios that you find amusing, but they're not well balanced. The answer is obvious. You got to go for Mickey Mouse on that one. Yeah. Mm. All right. Better
1: luck next week. Better luck next week. Hey, uh, here's your outro. Well, that wasn't so bad, was it? Sure, you felt. Mildly nauseous a couple of times. But now that it's over, maybe you can say you enjoyed it. Why not tell a friend? Why not drop a couple bikes in the tip jar to the Cycling Independent? Why not buy me that Fall Guy truck so I'll finally shut up about it? Not going to happen, but I'm not going to shut up about it. And even if I do get the Fall Guy truck, I'm not going to shut up about it for at least six months.
0: Oh, my God. If you get the Fall Guy truck, we're fucking never hearing the end of it.
1: No, I will change my name. I will legally change my name to Colt (laughs) Stevers. Steve Knievel's dead. Long live Colt Stevers. Hey, on that note, uh, thanks for listening. This has been a... uh, uh, What is it? On behalf of the revolting podcast and Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. Don't forget to suck it.